0: Hey there, Cape Cod. It's high noon on Wednesday. Time for an episode of Life with Gwen, the Cape Cod Times Lifestyle Show. Today, we're going to talk about something that many of you have been reading about, have been watching, and that is coronavirus. And we are fortunate today to be joined by Dr. David J. Pombo, who is the Medical Director for the Prevention of Infection at Cape Cod Healthcare. Dr. Pombo, thank you so much for spending this time with us.
1: Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
0: So, it uh, it's. I think I've seen five reports already this morning on things that are happening because this disease that that uh, has an epicenter in Wuhan, uh, China, has so many fingers now reaching out into the world. And um, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what, if anything, it's affecting here on Cape Cod.
1: Well, so far, the main effect has been a cause of concern and preparation, but not of actual infection. As you know, mm-hmm. there are very limited cases in Massachusetts, maybe one or two. Right. Uh, I'm not sure. But um, the main the main effect on our healthcare system has been that we've been uh, alert and uh, been disseminating the information from CDC and the Massachusetts Department of Health on the proper way to prepare for patients who may show up with respiratory diseases and the history of travel to a to an area that's been affected with the coronavirus.
0: And is have you added anything to, for example, your your intake process? I, I noticed that I was at Mass Eye and Ear where they have people from all over the world, and, and uh, uh, they were asking every patient if they had traveled to China in the last two months.
1: Exactly. Um, our screening process is similar to what we did with the Ebola outbreak. So uh, the initial concern is for somebody who shows up with a respiratory illness um, and has a history of travel. So we have to get an extensive travel history mm-hmm. uh, from those people. And uh, anybody who shows up with a respiratory illness to the emergency department gets masked immediately. And then if there's a if there's going to be a situation where there's concern for travel to an affected area, those people get put in a uh, air air negative air pressure room. Oh, uh, so they're not like
0: a quarantine room.
1: Uh, a quarantine room where the the pressure is being uh, negative in the room. So the air goes into the room, but doesn't go out. Right. And so that's uh, some something that we would do for airborne diseases like tuberculosis and so forth. And, uh, and then uh, the person would be interviewed further. And if they had certain clinical signs, then we would contact the uh, Massachusetts Department of Health. And if they meet certain criteria, we can then get them screened for the coronavirus using a uh, PCR tests and molecular tests through the CDC.
0: I was going to ask you if you could explain that test. You know, when we talk about people being screened and, and uh, testing positive, testing negative, um, what is it? A blood test? Is it a, a, a particulate test from saliva? What are you testing?
1: Uh, it's what we would do for any respiratory disease nowadays. The most sensitive and specific tests are nucleic acid amplification where we're actually detecting the genetic material of the virus. And we do a nasopharyngeal swab with a very small q tip like Mm -hmm. uh, device that goes back into the nasopharynx. And we also can collect.
0: The back of the nose, it's a nose swab that is getting uh, like
1: the. It goes back uh, across the nasal turbinates, Mm -hmm. back to about the level of the ear. Oh, okay. With a very small flock swab. And then we also take a throat swab. And you can use sputum samples as well. Oh, okay. Any of those specimens can be used for. Uh, Extraction of the genetic material of the virus and then it can be amplified and then specifically identified as coming from the coronavirus
0: Uh, We were talking about that because uh, Because I think uh, you were mentioning that a company in uh, Cambridge had actually been able to uh, um, replicate the the uh, protein that's in the virus and uh, and that is the first step towards although there are many steps to go, the first step towards a, a vaccine, right?
1: Correct. Yes, yeah, so the Chinese scientists who initially encountered the SARS-like uh, coronavirus 19, uh, coronavirus SARS-CoV-2 is the right. correct name for the virus. They published the genetic sequence of the entire virus. Mm-hmm. And so scientists have been able to take short segments of that and use those genetic sequences to Express a protein in bacteria, and that protein is being used as a vaccine. And I think, as we discussed earlier, it's been shipped, I think today or yesterday. Right. I, I do want to make
0: clear, though, because you explained to me that um, that it's that those trials are are still many steps to go. We we don't have a vaccine yet.
1: Correct. I mean, the expression of the protein is just the raw material that can be used in both the animal and human vaccine trials. As if. First, if it's immunogenic, then if it's safe, and then if it actually protects people, those the three-stage process to, you know, vaccine trials.
0: I had heard about a week ago, and and when I say heard, that means like read or read in the CDC or or our uh, health reporter here at the Cape Cod Times, Cindy McCormick, who helped with some of these questions, um, that that one of us have has, you know, seen information, tracked it down, and, um, you know, so when I say heard, that's what I mean, but I had heard that, uh, that uh, the virus, because they didn't know a lot about what was causing it and and its full uh, expression, that they they didn't use either dead or uh, live corona cells, coronavirus cells in working up a vaccine, that they're working with just the genetic material.
1: Yes, and actually part of it is because it's easier to actually to produce the protein once you have the genetic sequence than it is to actually grow the virus. And then, purify it, and then kill it, and then make a vaccine. we can with molecular biology techniques, they can actually go straight from a genetic methodology to the protein more easily.
0: Is it unusual to have um, a situation where where the Chinese scientists were able to produce that uh, genetic identification?
1: No, I mean genetic sequencing in the last decade is just uh, accelerated beyond you know, what people would have expected. And so it's very easy to get genetic sequences from a virus or any bacterial pathogen. Or you can see what's happening with human genome sequencing and all the sequencing of archaic DNA from um, fossils and so forth. So, Just amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's really amazing. So um, no, the the Chinese are very technologically advanced in that area. So um, it would have been a very simple thing for them once they had the actual virus.
0: It. Um- I want to try and ask the questions that will help us to understand what the virus is and what its threats and and what its transmission you know how you get it so um maybe you could tell me a little bit about um what the you know for example i've heard that that you can have you can have the virus without having symptoms and that there's sometimes about a two-week uh onset perhaps Since you're the expert, I'm gonna ask you to walk us through that in in terms of uh, Mm -hmm. how it progresses.
1: I think the easiest way for people to relate to it is to think about influenza Mm -hmm. or other respiratory viruses that we get frequently, like respiratory syncytial virus or others like that, because um, the respiratory viruses are all pretty similar in their method of transmission. It's basically by droplets. You've seen the pictures of people coughing with a backlit
0: In here, elk, yeah, right?
1: uh, the, the droplet spread, and then it's on f- what we call fomites, which are surfaces mm-hmm. where the virus can land and you can kind of swipe your hand across something and then touch your face and you can oh. get it transmitted that way. So it's basically respiratory droplets or direct contact with secretions from somebody. For example, mm-hmm. you know, mouth to mouth transmission would be How possible. hand shaking? Well, that's a fomite, like if somebody's hand is contaminated, it mm-hmm. could Get on your hand, and if you touch your face or you rub your eyes, mm-hmm. the eyes are actually a way you can transmit a respiratory virus too because it drains down into the lacrimal duct, into the nasopharynx, and it you oh, that way. So, people rubbing their eyes.
0: In the whole winter, generally <coughs> keep your hands off your face.
1: Correct, yes. Uh, so, these uh, viruses are spread by respiratory droplets. They then infect the upper respiratory tract and the lower respiratory tract. With the, COVID, the coronavirus that we're dealing with now, it's more of a lower respiratory tract disease. An upper respiratory tract disease, but then that causes inflammation in the lungs, and um, depending on individual variation, the degree of inflammation can cause, you know, reduced ability to oxygenate, and so people become short of breath. So that process is basically people get cough from the inflammation, a fever from the infection, and then uh, what we call dyspnea, shortness of breath, mm-hmm. trouble breathing. So those are the cardinal signs.
0: So. Is there, I, I know that with the flu, there are agents, antiviral agents, that you can use if you catch it in time. Is there anything similar to that with this virus, or is it still so soon?
1: Uh, there are, I read the other day there are 80 different clinical trials either underway or planned in China with different medications to, mm-hmm. to uh, see what may or may or may not work. And some of those uh, medicines have been used for HIV. Some have been used for other viruses, like Ebola virus. Um, but, there's no data from any of those trials yet, so hopefully something will pan out. And um,
0: Something like um, Tamiflu, something, I, I mean, not to use the, the brand name, but, but something I think a lot of people are familiar with, the fact that you have to get it soon, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but, uh, but maybe even before you get a lot of symptoms, you have to get the Tamiflu.
1: Correct. Yeah. There's, the antivirals for influenza work much better if it started with the initial symptoms up to 48 hours later. So that's one of the troubles uh, with the vaccine trials that are, uh, I, I'm sorry, the medication trials that are going on now. They're trying mm-hmm. to find people who have it early on in the course oh, rather than trying to treat, it, right. treat them at the end. And it's been somewhat hard to uh, find people who haven't uh, been using home remedies, like herbal remedies or some other medication. And so they're they're trying to find people who have not had any other treatment. and right so, so you can the get a, a pure and, yeah. um
0: study um is, i don't know if we would know this but but is there any you know while we're waiting for for medicine to literally be created um be discovered and created um is there any kind of home uh remedy that that would help not only with uh coronavirus but with viruses in general you know good good healthy habits that will, will help yeah, you. Yeah, the,
1: the best home remedies are washing your hands frequently. And if you're uh, in a situation where you're exposed to somebody who's ill, not to um, touch surfaces that they've contacted without washing your hands, not to touch your face or your mouth. Uh, so, uh, And if somebody is sick at home, uh, especially if they've been suspected of having coronavirus, those people should mask if they can. If, if they can't mask, then... So masks are helpful. For people who've been... Diagnosed with potential coronavirus disease, yeah, I think the recommendations from the CDC are those people should mask, and if they can't mask because of shortness of breath, or then people around them should mask. Those are for people diagnosed, diagnosed or suspected of having coronavirus. So masks are useful for that population, but it's not generally being recommended now for healthy people Mm -hmm. who are traveling.
0: So it's interesting. Many of the photos that you see coming from China, uh, people on the street are, are simply wearing the um, cotton surgical masks. Um, and, and I sort of, you know, I, that's not been just since coronavirus. So uh, it, uh, I, you know, wondered if it was for pollution or something. But, but you're saying, now you also said that there are two kinds of masks. So do you do both work?
1: Well, there's for healthcare settings, for healthcare personnel. We use N95 masks, which are sealed around the face, Mm -hmm. and they're called respirators. Now, those are very important for preventing transmission of viruses in a healthcare setting. And uh, they're the type that have been shown to prevent viral uh, transmission. The surgical masks, I think, are more of a cultural phenomenon. Mm -hmm. The The only thing I could think is they would prevent you from touching your face. maybe, And it would also, if somebody is coughing, prevent the droplets from spreading so far. So in a very crowded situation, I can see why people would use them. But there's no data showing that they actually protect an individual from this coronavirus. So
0: if you have been diagnosed, and, and no one has. This is one case that we know of in Massachusetts. But um, then you should be, your doctor will probably recommend a, a uh, um, the more sophisticated
1: mask. Well, those people will be. Uh, in a negative pressure, pressure room, anyway, um, so. And the people going in will have full personal protective equipment, including gowns, gloves, masks, and face shields. Oh, okay. Or goggles, yeah. Uh, so, Very
0: much like what we saw with the Ebola virus when the uh, doctor was, when the missionaries were treated in Atlanta.
1: Yeah. Ebola virus is even more uh, problematic than this particular virus. Um, but, um, yeah, in that case, they used full protection with body suits. And that's not indicated necessarily for this coronavirus. Uh, Um, But um, the reason I was talking about the masks earlier was just to highlight that they're really only necessary, currently recommended only for people who are under investigation for coronavirus or have been diagnosed. I I was just trying to make the point that regular people don't need to mask at this point.
0: I see. It, um, you know, it seems that uh, people who travel now that that the virus has, has uh, I was going to say slowly, but, but it really isn't slow if you're on the waiting end, has um, been seen in other countries, in Italy and uh, um, I think Iran. Now that it's been seen there, it seems like there are more places that you could potentially travel and come into contact with it. So it's not just people who have been traveling to China. Um, mm-hmm. it, uh, it it Does this in your mind represent, like how does this, the spread that we've seen so far compare to other viruses, um, perhaps the H1N1 or uh, SARS,
1: the original SARS? It seems very much like uh, a pandemic influenza type of spread, really even more transmissible than SARS. I mean, the number of cases that occurred with SARS was a fraction of what's occurred with this new coronavirus. So it's more transmissible. Uh, it seems that people are able to transmit it before they're symptomatic, which is the problem. And so people have been traveling uh, to Europe from places that are known and not known. There was an outbreak in a Singapore uh, conference, and that that transmitted uh, cases to France. Uh, not sure where, what happened in Italy. Mm-hmm. The uh, there were some Chinese tourists in Italy, but I'm not sure that they've been identified as the source of the outbreak there. Uh, some of the people who've been in Italy have now traveled to Brazil, Spain. Uh, there are cases in France from the outbreak in Italy. So it's, uh, it's quite concerning. It seems to be uh, spreading in the communities there, as you know. And so that, I think, uh, led to the statements yesterday from the CDC that it's expected to probably cause some degree of community spread in America in the United States. Uh, So the WHO has put the term pandemic aside. They don't use that in terms of their classification of the viral emergencies anymore. But in the sense of that, it is occurring in many countries and it's spreading rapidly. I think it is uh, to be classified as an early pandemic, much like the influenza virus was in 2009, when we had the
0: oh, geez, I was thinking back to
1: 1918. <laughs> oh, 1918 flu. No, this is this is more like the, the 2009 H1N1, uh-huh. which is um, the last big pandemic we had.
0: And so, while we're on the subject of, of uh, um, other viruses, you told me that there one thing that's uh, unusual about this is that the back the the um, the viral agent and the uh, and the name of the illness are different. Can you talk about that?
1: Well, I just I, it's just an unusual circumstance. We usually it's called it the we same. Give the virus and, and the disease the same process. Like for influenza, it's the influenza virus and influenza pneumonia. For pneumococcus, it's the pneumococcal bacteria and the pneumococcal pneumonia. So I don't know why they did uh, well, the, uh, the nomenclature like this, but this is a WHO nomenclature that came out. I was just. Uh, You'll see both terms, and one is the term for the virus and one is the term for the disease.
0: Now, what they've called the disease, I think, is kind of interesting because you were telling me that, uh, I have to take my glasses off to see the page, that it's called the SARS-Co-V-2, that that's the name of the the virus, and then um, that the um, disease itself is called COVID-19. What does that stand for? C-O-V-I-D?
1: I think it's coronavirus, infectious disease, 2019. Okay. That's the disease.
0: So uh, I I wondered if um, perhaps they, they have it different only because uh, with the word SARS in, you know, identifying the virus, I guess people might think of the SARS that they've already experienced in their lifetime, which was, I can't even remember now. but 2002, 2003, uh, yeah. I believe. So. Yeah.
1: Um, it's been 18 years now, I think. Time flies.
0: <laughs> but, uh, but you said 2009 was the, the last time we saw, really, the spread that would indicate a pandemic with... Influenza. Yeah, with influenza. Yeah, so. that, was the,
1: that was the big uh, H1N1 flu that started in Mexico and uh, then became worldwide.
0: Was that the one that we called the bird flu?
1: No, the bird flu is uh, a different influenza virus, um, mm-hmm. more severe in terms of its mortality, but less transmissible. Thankfully,
0: And interestingly, I uh, heard someone from the CDC this morning on one of the national news shows who, who said that they are finding with coronavirus just the opposite, that it's a little less severe than they at first thought, but that it's much more transmissible.
1: Yes, that's true. The other coronaviruses that have emerged in recent years, there were SARS in 2002, 2003, and more recently, there's been the MERS. Middle Eastern respiratory virus, mm-hmm. that those both have very high mortality compared to the coronavirus we're dealing with now. Uh, for SARS in 2002, 2003, it was approximately 10% mortality and the MERS is about 30% mortality. So this is, this is much less than that, one or 2% probably. It, more it doesn't people. feel
0: that way. Yeah. It, uh, You know, when you see the numbers come out, I do try to remind myself that, that that's out of a whole lot of people who are, are living in that area. Um, but um, I want to... Talk a little bit about how China handled uh, its its emerging uh, virus crisis, but but first uh, I want to tell um, our viewers that if you have a specific question about um, about the coronavirus and you would like to ask Dr. Pombo, please uh, type it in now because we've got about uh, eight or ten minutes left, and we'd like to get your questions answered if we can do that. So we might hear from a few folks, and. Um, I was asking, tell me a little bit, do you have a sense of how um, China did in terms of, of uh, addressing uh, this virus? And if that's outside your purview, then that's okay. But I, I, I just wonder how, um, and, and if there's anything we can learn from it.
1: Well, I mean, in the initial stages, apparently, there was some denial and um, some diminution of the risk based on the reports we see of what local authorities did mm-hmm. um, there was a famous case of the doctor who tried to report it and then uh, unfortunately he acquired the disease and passed away
0: yes i heard that I heard that's that. unfortunate
1: but uh, in the later stages the the uh, response has been from cold to hot i mean they quarantined an entire city of many millions of people they've put uh, travel restrictions in place and those later measures have been credited as decreasing the spread of the disease. The WHO made a statement yesterday saying that they thought that was very effective. That's very draconian. I'm not sure it would be very easily put in place anywhere else on that scale, certainly. Uh, The Italians are doing some degree of um, quarantine uh, for the area in northern Italy that's affected, the southeast of Milan. Uh, And I think those things will help. And the recent public health, uh, advice from the CDC is to prepare for some degree of that here in the States if it becomes widespread in the community. So people have to start thinking about what they're going to do if the schools are shut down, if there's significant community spread uh, as to whether they would be able to work from home or do telework or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, There's thought given to reducing mass gatherings in the case of community spread. So I think the Chinese uh, response has been effective. Uh, with the quarantines. And in fact, now, I think over the last couple of days, the number of deaths that are reported each day is decreasing. So I think uh, the number of new cases each day that's reported from China is decreasing. So is, things may be turning.
0: I was going to say, is every virus different, or is there a general arc from, you know, like discovery to to control um, on in, in terms of the, the illnesses and... Uh,
1: do you know what I mean? Yeah. You mean the spread of the uh, yes, epidemic? Yes. Like,
0: yeah. when, you know, from the point when you realize you have a problem to the point where you have that problem controlled. I mean, we, we all live with influenza, but we get, mm-hmm. many people get vaccines and, and, uh, and, and just try not to shake too many hands during the…
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's a little bit different based on the viral dynamics, how long it, the incubation period is, how long someone might shed virus before they're symptomatic. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, how long they shed the virus after they are asymptomatic. Oh, I
0: didn't even think of that.
1: Because people continue to shed coronaviruses after their illness has passed as well. Wow, I so, didn't think of that at and all. And those viral dynamics change depending on the virus. Mm-hmm. So that affects the, the scope and the, the timing of the outbreaks. Wow.
0: So you have to not only um, try to quarantine someone once you know they're sick, but for a period after they appear well?
1: Well, that's just being discovered as to how long people might shed virus and whether that sometimes that virus is actually not infectious and sometimes it is Mm -hmm. it's very complicated but uh each virus can each virus can differ in terms of how much shedding can occur later Mm -hmm. after the illness has passed
0: we have a question uh should we put off traveling on a plane that uh, may go to an international terminal in the u.s from laura thank you laura
1: my understanding from the Recent CDC public health announcement is that that's not necessary. OK. That's safe. To, it's still safe to travel. So
0: with all the precautions that you have mentioned, you know, wash your hands frequently. Um, in a pinch, like on a plane, uh, do the, um, the antiseptics, the hand sanitizers, do those work if they have alcohol?
1: Alcohol uh, concentration is greater than 60% are supposed okay. to be effective. But hand washing with soap and water is still the preferred best if yeah. it's available.
0: All right, and we didn't, we haven't spoken. And, and when I think about viruses, one of the populations that I worry a lot about are older folks, and uh, specifically people who may be battling, um, who may have immune compromised systems because of cancer or any other uh, chronic disease. Um, is there anything about coronavirus that is different for these folks, or? Uh, or does it does it seem to attack like other viruses in terms of immune compromised people? Uh,
1: the feeling is that uh, the elderly are more susceptible to this respiratory virus just as they are to influenza. Um, immune compromised conditions would be more of a concern, and most of the deaths have been reported in people who are elderly. Uh, so I think you know in terms of the way it would affect somebody with those conditions, it's similar to other respiratory viruses. So those people have to be especially careful. Consider not traveling mm-hmm. if there's an area that's been affected. Like, for example, we wouldn't travel to northern Italy if you had one of those conditions right now.
0: Mm-hmm. It uh, are you getting these kinds of questions? As you know, in the doctor's offices in the hospital, are people uh, bringing these kinds of questions up for your, uh, your the staff that works there?
1: Not uh, really. Uh, Not in my clinic. I haven't seen too much concern Mm -hmm. about the coronavirus. Uh, On an institutional level, there's a lot of concern, and we're doing a lot of preparation to uh, make sure that if people do present, that we're able to put in place all the protections that need to be there. Um, But uh, person-to-person communication with my patients hasn't really been involved. With, it, uh, it's it.
0: interesting because we, um, you know, we read that businesses down in Chinatown in Boston and New York City, oh. and it makes some sense to me because uh, <laughs> they're international gathering spots with a lot of travel, and, um, you know, perhaps we're a little off of that, but but obviously your preparations uh, have um, um, have show that 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 you're getting ready for, for uh, what is a pandemic, even if the world Health Organization doesn't use that term anymore. Mm-hmm. So it, um, you know, we we being media worldwide, there seems to be criticism of too much coverage, too little coverage. From a local paper's point of view, as a member of, of the community that we, we both share, what do you think would be um, particularly helpful to let people know about?
1: I think uh, updating people when there is new guidance from... know the massachusetts department of public health or the cdc would be of you know public interest good idea the 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 coronavirus pandemic if you'll call it that is changing very rapidly Mm -hmm. Um, there's news within the last week especially it's been a big change Um, but every day um, everyday coverage of this can i think Cause more concern than it warrants, particularly mm-hmm. right now in the United States. But if there's new guidance uh, from the CDC, there, or So more like of a little Health? update that, yeah. you know, a little box or something. If there's a change in what people are recommending from the the CDC or the DPH, then I would certainly cover that. Interesting. And I would keep in mind that it's still not too late to get an influenza vaccine. We're still seeing widespread activity. With influenza and a high level of, oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, um, so even now, as of yesterday, the recommendation is still to get uh, vaccinated.
0: So if you missed your uh, vaccine, which somebody in this room might have, um, we, I'm usually really religious about it, but mm-hmm. it's not too late to uh, to go out because usually um, flu flu is at its uh, at its peak now, right? In well, the we fall, had in the, in we the had
1: a peak in. Uh, Started the new year, there was a peak, and then it kind of transitioned down, and then we're seeing another peak up.
0: Okay, uh, so yeah. if you didn't get your flu shot, you might want to think about it. Yeah. And uh, because it protects – tell me if I'm wrong about this, but my understanding is it protects not only you, but the people around you.
1: Oh, correct. Yeah, there's a lot of um, – influenza, too, can be transmitted by people who are not symptomatic, so, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's, what about
0: uh, um, pneumonia? I saw so much pneumonia this year. Well, is, uh, do, you, uh, do you recommend the vaccine for pneumonia?
1: Oh, the Pneumovax? Uh, mm-hmm. The vaccine for people with certain health conditions, the, pneum- the pneumococcal vaccine, which is a combination of Prevnar and Pneumovax vaccines is is very, um, very uh, effective.
0: Is that a one-year uh, vaccine or is it? it depends uh, on your health
1: conditions. So uh, for some people, it's given one time. Uh, some people have a a renewal of five years, uh, but the so, doctor will have but, to determine. But it's, it's a multi-year either condition. way.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Um, it uh, it seems that we've covered a lot of ground. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you think would be important to let people know? And uh, we're coming up to the end of our, our time together, but anything you'd like to say to folks?
1: Well, I would just say that the coronavirus uh is concerning, and if it's going to spread in the United States, that people have to take precautions, but also to keep in mind that influenza virus uh, has estimated to have infected up to 41 million people.
0: Here or worldwide?
1: In the United States this year. Oh, wow. uh, The upper limit of estimation and up to 41,000 deaths. So um, influenza virus is much more of a concern currently, and so people should take uh, whatever precautions they can, including vaccination, to protect themselves against influenza, because if coronavirus comes here, it's going to be confused with flu mm-hmm. potentially as well, and so it's better to be protected against the influenza to cut down the number of people who may have a respiratory virus and needs to be evaluated.
0: Oh, that's interesting. And it's sort of taking a, a bigger look at the picture and in and, and the preparation stages, um, but uh, so... Flu virus. Uh, flu virus is on the rise, and good time to get a vaccination, which we can get. Um, you know, even though there is not yet one from for coronavirus, but fortunately, so far, so far, uh, very few confirmed cases here. Uh, but it's it's coming, right?
1: Probably is. Yeah. Okay,
0: thank you so much, Doctor. This is just. Absolutely wonderful. I am so glad you could be with us. For those of you who may have missed this, you can watch it online at capecodtimes.com slash lifewithgwen if your friends want to see it. You can also read Cindy McCormick's story in tomorrow's Cape Cod Times, which will go over much of what we've covered here and um, any other questions she has for you, doctor. Uh, we want to thank you for watching and wish everyone to be precau- to use precautions and to be healthful in the new year.